Okay, good morning, everybody. Welcome back to our three ideas in 30 minutes. As you notice from my background today, we're back to matching our background with the Torah portion. We're going to talk a lot about the Bikurim, the first fruits. So we find ourselves in a vineyard somewhere in somewhere, wherever that image is from online. But we are in a vineyard somewhere. We're collecting that first fruit and we're going to take it to Yushalayim, perhaps today with the building of the Beis Amikdash. Who knows? But I want to thank our sponsor for this morning's class, sponsor anonymously in memory of Teddy Kellen, Shimon Tuvia Ben Dov Yehuda Leib Chaim. Our learning should be in Aliyah for his neshama. I also want to designate our learning this morning as Rafua Shlema for all Chole Yisrael, those who are in need, those who are going through health challenges and are in need of Rafua Shlema. And some of you might know who I'm speaking about or speaking towards in particular, people we're very close with, but um, I will leave it generically as that. So our learning should be both an aliyah for the Nisham of Tali Kellen and for Rafua Shlema for those who are in need. Okay, we are on Parshas Kisavo. Parshas Kisavo is very significant for me. It is the first drusha 11 years ago that I ever gave at Boca Raton Synagogue. So uh, I guess 11 years later, they haven't kicked me out. It is also the first drusha I ever gave at the Young Israel of Holliswood in my previous position. And uh, those were not the same drushas. I gave different drushas in Halswood that I gave in Boca Raton Synagogue. But this is a Shabbos of first. Our kids are in school. They're out of the house. They're happy. They're tired again at the end of the day, exactly as we want them. They're off the screens, the Fakakta screens they've been on for a year and a half. Baruch Hashem, Bikurim, a Parsha of new beginnings, Parsha's Kisavo. And I want you to know, for those who are on, Anyone not on is missing out because I think these might be the best three ideas that I've shared in one consolidated Parsha yet. That's the type of treat you're in for this morning. Idea number one comes from the Tochacha. We're going to start from the Tochacha. Everyone starts from the Bikurim. We're going to start from the Tochacha. The the Tochacha, of course, is all of the difficulties, the hardships, the punishments that are going to befall us if we fail to live up to the expectations that Hashem sets for us. And then the Pasuk says something very interesting. Right before we get to the Tocha, there is a short set of psukim where we talk about the brachos. And over there, the Torah says, that all these brachos will come upon you. And they will overtake you. What does the word mean? That it will overtake you. It means that we're running away from brachos and they have to catch up to us. So we all know that the obvious, I'd say more famous answer, the one that rabbis oftentimes give with drushas, is that Hashem gives us lots of brachos. Our lives are filled with blessings. But so often we are running away from them. We are caught up in the rat race of life. We're so busy. There's so much noise around us that we don't have the time to actually allow those blessings to catch up to us and to experiencing them and to enjoy them. And so the Pasuk says that not only will you have brachos, but visigucha. You will allow the brachos to catch up to you. You will not only have the brachos, but you will appreciate the brachos as well. You and I know those are two different things. There are many people who have great brachos in their lives, and yet they don't feel it. They don't experience it because they're always running for something else. They always want something more that they don't stop and say, you know what? Baruch Hashem, what I do have. Let me think and reflect upon the brachos that I do have in my life. Rabbi Sachs quotes that idea in uh, one of his svarim. Oh, did I just lose? I just lost Zoom. Okay. Hold on. 
Sorry about that. I'm not sure what happened, but uh, we lost our Zoom for a second. Hope everyone is still on. Rabbi Sachs quotes that idea in his one of his books called Something Life, Elevated Life Something. I forgot the exact name of the book. But Rabbi Sachs quotes that idea. And for him, he always said that that was Friday night. That Friday night was when he would allow his brachos to eventually catch up to him. So that is... Um, that is the most famous idea of what it means V.C. Gucha, that you allow the brachos to catch up to you. I saw an unbelievable idea this week, though, from Rav Zevin in his Torah Umawadim. He quotes the Kotzka Rebbe. Kotzka Rebbe says, we know this word V.C. Gucha from somewhere else. And that is the commentary of the Ravid on the Rambam. The Rambam, of course, Maimonides, wrote a book called the Mishnah Torah. And the Ravid writes his arguments and the challenges that he has on the Rambam's book. If you've ever learned in yeshiva, you know that it's not called the Ravid, but it's called the Hasagos HaRavid. Hasaga Vihisigucha. Right? What does Hasaga mean? Says Rav Zevin. It means the challenges, the difficulties, the questions. Hasagos HaRavid. It's the questions that the Ravid has on the Rambam. Hasagos HaRavid. It's the difficulties that the Ravid had with the Rambam. Says Rezevin, if that's the case, then what does the Pasuk mean? That all of the blessings will come upon you and they will be a difficulty and there'll be a challenge. Why are the brachas a challenge? How are the brachas a difficulty? Says Rezevin, the most amazing idea. He says, when you have something going wrong in your life, right? let's say you have a health issue, you have difficulty with children, whatever the case might be, and you make an excuse for why you can't accomplish more in this world, in Avodah Hashem, why you're not being more productive, you have an amazing excuse, right? Why you didn't make Minyan? Yeah, I'm, I'm going through a difficult time. It's understandable. Why didn't you make more time for learning? You know, Parnassa, it's hard, business, things are going a little bit rough. I don't have the time. It's understandable. When things aren't going well, when we are legitimately going through difficulties in life, so we have very valid excuses for why we're not living up to the best version of ourselves, why we're not being more ambitious and pushing ourselves a little bit more, why we're not making menu, why we're not making time for learning, why we're not doing more chesed. We have a lot going on. It's a very valid excuse. But says Rezevin, what happens? But when Hashem gives you blessing, when Hashem gives you an abundance, when Hashem showers you with goodness, then it becomes a kasha. Then it becomes a question on you. Because then if you don't dive in and make a minion, right, what's your excuse? Then if you don't take the time to make a little bit extra time for learning, what's your excuse? Then if you don't make the time to do something nice for a neighbor, to bring flowers to someone or bring a challah to someone, what's your excuse? And so when things aren't going well, we have lots of excuses. We have lots of reasons why we're not able to accomplish all these things, and they're great excuses. Hashem says, I'm going to give you a pass. But when Hashem gives us blessing, when Hashem gives us an abundance, then it's vehisigucha. Then it is a kasha. Then it is a challenge to every single one of us of how can you take Hashem's blessings and not turn it around to use it for Kiddush Hashem. Instead, you take those blessings and you use it for selfish purposes. You use it to better yourself. You use it to indulge more yourself. Then, Rav Zevin said, that's going to be a kasha. Vihisi gucha. 
It's dafka when we have the brachos that Hashem expects the most of us. That's when Hashem says, you know what? I gave you a bracha. I gave you so much parnasa. I gave you so much affluence. What are you going to do with it? Are you going to use it to, to now make a little bit more time for learning? Are you going to use it to maybe give a little bit more tzedakah? Are you going to use some of your free time because you're doing so well to maybe be able to, to bring someone something out of Shabbos to enhance their Shabbos table? Right? When we have blessing, then Hashem says, Then I'm going to challenge you. Then I'm going to ask a question on your behavior of why you're not doing more and why you're not maximizing the brachos that I'm giving you. Obviously, we live in a time with all of its challenges when really unprecedented in world history, the Jewish people have unprecedented affluence, unprecedented religious freedoms, right? And yet, Hashem says, I've given you all the brachos, and now I'm challenging you. What are you going to do with it? How are you going to maximize it? How are you going to live up to your best version of yourself? How are you going to challenge yourself to maybe push yourself a little bit harder in learning? Maybe push yourself a little bit harder in chesed. Maybe push yourself a little bit harder to say a little bit extra to him every day. It's in the good times that Hashem challenges us. And He's going to say, I want you to push yourself a little bit harder. I want to see if you can eke a little bit more out of yourself. means Hashem is going to challenge us during those times of brachos. I've never seen that idea in my life before. Came across it from Rav Zevin this year. And honestly, I thought it was a magnificent and beautiful idea. Idea number two comes from Rav Cook. I just shared this a few moments ago. We have now Baruch Hashem at Bokraton Synagogue, a beautiful, unbelievable actually, Erev Shabbos Kolel, a group of individuals who uh, instead of going to work maybe at 8.30 in the morning, go at 9.15 in the morning. And they learn from 7.30 to 9. And it's amazing. Our library is packed. It's a vibrant, bustling base measure Friday morning with dozens of guys. There's breakfast if you're in Boca. Obviously, you're invited to attend. And, uh, and it's an amazing statement. So it's a, And then from 8.30 to 9, Rabbi Goldberg, he's not here this week, I gave a little shear and I gave a little word on the Parsha and I said this idea. The Pasuk says, That one of the reasons why the Klalos are going to befall the Jewish people, the curses are going to befall the Jewish people is... Because we didn't properly serve Hashem with happiness and what in the world does mean? The goodness of your heart, right? What is like I didn't serve Hashem with happiness and goodness of your heart? So I think Pshat is is the following analogy. You know, sometimes you'll be at a wedding and the father of the bride or the mother will get up there and say, our hearts are so full with happiness. That's, I think, pshat in Uvetuv That our heart is so full with, with joy right now. It's like overflowing with joy in Simcha right now. So, tachas, because you didn't serve Hashem, with Simcha, with happiness, and with an overflowing heart, that's why all of these clothes are going to befall you. And again, drushas abound about why this is so problematic why that would be the root cause of the klalos, right? Again, ayin sham, every rabbi has spoken about that for the last hundred years. But the question I want to ask today is what's the difference between simcha and tuv levav? They sound awfully similar to one another. Because you didn't serve Hashem with happiness and with happiness, right? That seems somewhat superfluous. And if you're going to like just use one of the words, why do you need both of the words? Sir Cook says, and this is founder of Cook's Musar Avicha, 
Rav Kook says that these two words actually mean something very different, but they're connected. Simcha, says Rav Kook, is the recognition that the Torah that we have is something special. Simcha is the recognition that you and I have an incredible gift. It's called a life of Torah and mitzvos, a life of meaning and purpose. I've referenced in the past, I wrote about it in an article last year, that Simcha for a Pincus is not just a is not just a like a component of Kima Mitzvos. It's not a part of the fulfillment of Mitzvos. He says it's actually the test of whether we value the Kima Mitzvos enough. He gives the example of let's say a guy wins a lottery, and you know he won the lottery, he's got the ticket in his in his pocket, and he's walking down the street. And if you see the guy and he's hunched over and he's kind of sitting like this, you know for sure that that guy has no clue he just won the lottery. Because anyone I know that won the lottery, they would be dancing the gotzkas, right? They would be jumping and bipping and bopping, and right, they'd probably be on their phone with the lawyer, but they would be so happy. So if you, if you see a guy, he's got the winning lottery ticket in his pocket and he's all fabicious, so you know he has no clue he wins the lottery. Says Rapinkas, that's why we have to serve Hashem with Simcha. Because if we feel we won the lottery, we have to feel happy. Right? We won the jackpot. It's called Ashrenu Matov Chalkenu. It's called Torah. It's called Mitzvos. It's called Chesed. We are part of a life that is filled with meaning and purpose. A life that's not just for our, our physical existence here on this earth, but which guarantees us eternality. That's amazing. I won the lottery. Right? If you didn't realize that, you woke up this morning, you hit the jackpot. All five numbers and, <coughs> and the bonus number. Right? You won the lottery. That says Rav Cook. Is simcha. Ba mitzad hayadiyah bi'iloi erech havoda. It's a recognition of just how special our opportunity to be involved in avodas Hashem is. How amazing it is. And then he says, "What's v'tuv levav?" V'tuv levav is the feeling that I am personally worthy of this great gift. V'tuv levav means that even though I know that there's a great gift of Torah, don't ever think that because of the mistakes that you've made or the shortcomings that you have, or the faults that you've created in your life, right? the challenges you've created. Don't ever think that any of that means that, you don't, that you're not worthy of this gift from Hashem. Vituv levav means once I recognize that I won the lottery, once I recognize this incredible gift called a life of Torah and mitzvos, Vituv levav comes along and says that I am personally worthy of this gift. That despite my flaws, and despite my shortcomings, and despite my mistakes, nonetheless Hashem wants a relationship with me. Nonetheless Hashem loves me. Nonetheless I have a chalak, I have a portion in Hashem's lottery ticket. That is a v'tuv levav. So simcha is the recognition of the great gift that we have. Tuv levav is that I am personally worthy of that gift. And the reason why I love this idea so much is not only does it explain this Pasuk, right, it's a nice vord on the Parsha, but I think it's so critically important for Elul. It is so critically important for this time of the year. Because during Elul, when so many of us approach the notion of tshuva and introspection and change, and it's so easy to get caught and trapped in our mistakes of the past. And to say to ourselves, that's who I am, that's who I've always been, I've tried a hundred times to change myself and it just ain't working. Why would Hashem want a relationship with me? Vituv Levav comes along and Hashem looks at every single one of us. And it says, I want that relationship with you. Says of Cook, an amazing idea. 
Biyadiyaso. The happiness of a Tuvlevav comes when we recognize Ahavaso Shel Hadon Barachuli Tzirav, the love that Hashem has for every single one of us. That should fill us with excitement. So it's not just that there's Torah and that we have a Chelek in Torah, right? That's the Simcha, the recognition that Torah is something special and that every minute we learn it and every moment we're involved in it and every opportunity we have to support it, we are giving ourselves an eternal life. That's amazing. We won the lottery. Vituv Levav comes along and says that even though you might think you aren't worthy of that, I want you to know I love you. That's what Hashem says to us. Tuv Levav means Hashem points at every single one of us and says, I want that relationship with you. I love you. I care about you. And therefore, if I'm going to forgive your mistakes, you have to be willing to forgive your mistakes as well. That we are worthy of that relationship with Hashem. So idea number one came from Rav Zevin. We said, we have to let the brachos catch up to us. Sometimes we have to stop and appreciate the myriad, millions, billions, and trillions of brachos in our lives. Sometimes we're so busy to even see them. But Rav Zevin says, no, means that Hashem will challenge you. From Hasagos HaRaivet, the challenge of the Raivet on the Rambam, means Hashem is going to challenge us. That when things are rough, Hashem says, I get it. I get you can't fulfill everything. I get you can't be involved in everything. I, I get it. You have great excuses. But when I give you bracha, then then Hashem is going to expect more from us. Then we have to push ourselves. Then we have to challenge ourselves. Idea number two came from Rav Kook. And his Musar Avicha, what's the difference between Besimcha and Uvetuv Levav? They both mean happiness. Rav Kook says, no, they mean different levels of happiness. Besimcha is the happiness of a recognition of the great gift that we have, how lucky we are to have won the jackpot of a life of Torah and mitzvahs. Uvetuv Levav, says Rav Kook, is that I am personally worthy of that gift, despite my flaws and despite my shortcomings. I once heard from Rav Avidan, the Rosh Shiva of Yeshiva Chalvim, passed away, I believe, last year. Rav Avidan once said, that's the pshat in Vesein, Chalkenu Besorasecha. Right? We ask Hashem to give us a chelak in Torah. So what we're, what, just say, we're saying Torah, right? What's chalkein b'sorah? So we're asking Hashem is, give us a portion of that, right? Despite my mistakes, despite my shortcomings, despite my failures, v'sein chalkein b'sorah Hashem, I recognize that you will still give me a chelak in your Torah. And it's a portion that's unique to me. It's going to be different than you. And my portion Torah is going to be different than Johnny's portion. But that's okay. Every single one of us is worthy Every single one of us is worthy of that chilek in Torah because Hashem loves us. If you listened to Behind the Bema this week, and if you didn't, you should. Moshe Weinberger was on, and Weinberger had an amazing ha'ara, amazing observation, where he said that 50 years ago, the approach to Elul was, was, was fear, right? That you're going to burn, and there's a place called Gehenim, and right, all the bad things, and you're going to be... Uh, that was the tshuva 50 years ago. Our generation doesn't, we don't want to be screamed at like that. Our generation, says Rav Ko, said Rav Weinberger, is a generation that already feels bad enough about ourselves. Think about how much anxiety and depression, right? We all know those challenges. Our generation is a generation that needs to be reminded of this comment of Rav, of Rav Kook, of, of the Uvetuv Levav, that Hashem loves us no matter what mistakes we've made. And that knowledge that we are worthy of that relationship with Hashem that should fill us with joy and happiness. That was idea number two. Idea number three comes from a 
beginning of the Parsha. I said, I'll get to the beginning of the Parsha. Everyone else starts at the beginning of the Parsha. I end with the beginning of the Parsha. So we know that there is Bikurim at the beginning of the Parsha. That's why we have our field in the background, right? The farmer goes into his field, takes the first little fruit, brings it to Yerushalayim. We've spoken about in the past why so much pomp and circumstance. And then right after that, the Torah talks about Vidurim Maiser, right? That on the end of the fourth and seventh year, I believe, of a Shemitah cycle, right after making sure that he's given all of his tithes. So the farmer comes to Yerushalayim and he makes a short statement where he proclaims that he's fulfilled all of the obligations. And there, before asking for a final bracha, he says to Hashem, Asisi kechol asher sivisani, that I've done all that you have commanded me. Okay, now in and of itself, that's somewhat of a superfluous pasuk, right? He just said that he did everything. Why does he have to say, Asisi kechol asher sivisani? We saw that he just did everything. But okay, right, he reaffirms that he did everything. Rashi there says something very interesting. Rashi says, Samachti v'simchasi bo. Right? I have rejoiced and I've caused others to rejoice. So what, are, <coughs> what rejoicing are we talking about? Right? What is the rejoicing of giving meiser? So on the simple level, you'll assume that the guy who comes to Yushalayim, right, all of the meiser has to be in Yushalayim. So that owner is declaring that he rejoiced in eating the Meiser in Yushalayim, right? Asisi kechol asher sivisani. I rejoiced at having eaten the at having eaten the uh, the Meiser. But Rav Pam, Rav Pam, Rav Avram Pam says the following amazing idea. It doesn't just say I rejoiced. It says I rejoiced, and I caused others to rejoice. Samachti, I rejoiced. Vesimchasibo, and I caused others to rejoice alongside me. Says Rav Pam, those two halves of the phrase are actually interconnected. That when Hashem says, I, ca- I rejoice and I caused others to rejoice, what it really means is one is the cause and effect. What it means is the reason why I rejoiced is because I caused others to rejoice. Right? When Rashi says, I rejoiced and I caused others to rejoice, Rapam adds in a few words. He says, you want to know why I rejoiced? Because, because I caused others to rejoice. And so the farmer is proclaiming that not only did he bring the miser to Yushalayim. Not only did he rejoice in that fulfillment of mitzvahs, but the reason why he rejoiced, what brought him simcha, was the knowledge that he was sharing with other people, was the knowledge that he was giving to other people. We know that happiness can come from many things, but the root of happiness is sharing with other people. The root of happiness is when I give to another person. The Rambam writes this explicitly when talking about simcha, the Rambam says that if you, right, first the Rambam starts off with an obligation that we have to buy clothing for our spouses before Yantif and to buy treats for our kids before Yantif. I always find it funny. The Rambam says that you should buy nuts. You should buy little nuts for your kids. That, right, if I came home with nuts for my kids before Yantif, you know what they would say? They would say, oh, that's cute, Daddy. Where's, where's the gift? Right, right, where's the gift? But there was a time when nuts were a gift for kids and that they were happy with what they got. Okay. Whatever. Anyways, in this day and age, you gotta you gotta up the ante a little bit. Nuts aren't gonna do it. I don't know. Twizzlers, <laughs> gummy bears. I don't know. Whatever it is this day. But we have to we have to make not just ourselves happy, but we have to rejoice with our family. That's why we have an obligation to buy our spouses and our children things before Yantif. Then the Rambam says, and you two should rejoice. And he says, for men that means meat and wine. Right. This is the constant fight in the Moskowitz house every time my wife wants to make a dairy meal on Yantif. And I said, it's, it's a mitzvah. 
right? Basarayayin, right? You're, you're preventing me from experiencing simcha. Okay, I've lost that for the last 14 years. Maybe eventually she'll come around. Who knows? Right? So we should make our spouses happy. We should make our children happy. We should make our, ourselves happy. But then the Rambam says that if you only experience simcha with yourself, if you just take all the blessing and you don't invite guests, and you know, right? The Rambam calls it a simcha's kreso. It means that you filled your own belly, but that's not real simcha. The Rambam says explicitly that real simcha is when you share with other people. That, says Rapam, is asisi kechol asher sivisani. Samachti v'simcha sibo. I rejoice and I cause others to rejoice. Why did I rejoice? Because I caused others to rejoice. My happiness was in sharing with other people. And I share that, of course, with you now because as we approach Rosh Hashanah and as we approach Yom Kippur and as we approach Sukkot, I get COVID, everyone's nervous, you do what you think is safe. But for those who are having meals, to be cognizant of the fact, not just to invite your four closest friends who you share meals with throughout the year, but to be cognizant of the fact that real simcha comes in sharing with people who don't have a million Shabbos invites, with sharing with someone who might be alone for Yantif, sharing with someone who might not have a million friends. That is the definition of simcha. The farmer says that the reason why I rejoiced is because I shared it with other people. And so I encourage you, it doesn't have to be often, it could be in your backyard, right? Don't just think about yourself as you approach Rosh Hashanah, Yom Kippur, Sukkot. Think about other people as well. Who can you include in your Yantif meal that, that might appreciate it, that might benefit from it, that might be inspired by it, that might be craving that invitation? Because then you will not just enhance your simcha, but your simcha will come because you shared the simcha with other people. And so we shared three ideas. I don't know, I loved each and every one of them. I hope you did too. The truth is, I don't care. I loved him. This is for me. I just share it with you, right? So he shared it. I'm just joking. Of course, that's not true. But it happens to be, I happen to love this class. You all know that. But uh, I'm going to take my foot out of my mouth. But uh, we shared three amazing ideas that will summarize, and I really hope they enhance your Shabbos table. Idea number one came from Uvo Alecha Kola Brachos Ha'ela Vihisiguha that we live in such a great time, so much religious freedom and so much bracha. V'hisigucha, Hashem says, in those times, I'm going to challenge you. I want you to push yourself a little bit harder. Take on a little bit more. Challenge yourself just a little bit more. That's idea number one from Rav Zevin. An amazing idea. I never see that before in my life. Idea number two from Rav Cook. I've never seen it before also. What's the difference between simcha and uvetuv levav? One is the happiness, the recognition that we are involved in something special called Torah, that we have a gift called Torah mitzvos. Uvetuv levav means that I feel that I'm worthy of that gift that I should always feel personally worthy of that gift and that Hashem loves me no matter what mistakes I've ever made. An unbelievable idea from Rav Kook. And last idea is from Rapam of Asisi Kechol Asher Sivisani Samachti V'Simcha Sibo that I have rejoiced and I cause others to rejoice says Rapam that it's the reason, the reason why I felt so much Simcha is because I was able to share with other people. It's because I was able to rejoice with other people. And again, my challenge to everyone, again, COVID sensitive, but to try to be thoughtful of other people. And if you can't have people for meals, everyone can drop off some flowers. Everyone can drop off a challah. Everyone can send a text. Everyone can make a phone call. Don't just experience and focus on yourself, but think about how you can enhance the simcha of other people. And by doing that, it will enhance your simcha in the process. And with that, I want to wish everyone a beautiful, meaningful, an inspirational Shabbos, 
And we'll be back here next week, right before Rosh Hashanah. We'll be back here again. Three ideas in 30 minutes. I want to wish everyone a beautiful Shabbos.